Do you know anybody that has anger issues? Maybe it's actually you. <laughs> Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. Maybe you don't have anger issues at all. Like you don't get angry, super calm person, but you definitely follow a couple people online that might just have some anger issues, might need a therapist, might need a little bit of help, right? I know I know I know I struggle with anger sometimes. I think all of us struggle with anger from time to time. I remember just last summer, uh, we were flying to uh, flying to Indiana to see my parents and we're, we're at the airport uh, at Logan and we've got our, our bags and I'm, I'm checking in. And so I see the line over there and it says, you know, says check-in area. And so I, I go over there and, and we're waiting in line and we're probably in line for at least, at least 20 minutes. Uh, there, there's quite a few people in line. And so we get to the front of the line and said, yeah, I just need to, uh, I just need to get our, our boarding passes and, and we just need to check our bags. And she said, oh, it's like, yeah, you need to, you need to go back over to that kiosk to get your, your baggage ticket. Okay. You need to get, get the baggage checked in first and then you can come back into this line. I said, oh, okay. I uh, didn't know that, but but thank you. Uh, so I go go over to the kiosk. I get the little tag for our checked bags. And then I walk back over to the front of the line. And in, in my mind, I thought, okay, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to, to wait in line twice, right? I took about two minutes to go get my, get my, my bag tags. I come back. I'm like, okay, cool. Can I, can I get back in line now? She said, hmm, yeah, no, you need, you need to get in the back of the line. I said, what? <laughs> Immediately, uh, I, I started to get angry. Uh, slightly, a little bit of rage, but, but mostly angry. Because in my mind, I thought, why should I have to wait in line again? I just, I just waited in line. I'm coming back. Uh, apparently, uh, that was not the case. Because she said, if you ask all the other people in line, if you can come back, that's fine. I said, okay. Uh, so I just waited till she left and then I cut back in line actually. But, but man, my blood was boiling. Um, and and it, was, it was because I felt like I had been wronged. I felt like I've already waited in this line once. I, I shouldn't have to wait in this line again. Maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe you haven't, uh, but, but, but I, th I think we've all, we've all been there. We've all, we've all gotten angry, maybe kind of lost control a little bit, maybe shifted a little bit towards rage. And, and so that, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, the emotion of anger. Uh, we're, we're in this teaching series talking about, talking about our emotions. Uh, I was talking to somebody this last week and they said, yeah, my dad said he doesn't have emotions. And I, I feel like that sometimes too, right? Uh, where maybe it's a guy thing. I'm not sure. Uh, we, we all have emotions. I think some of us just don't know how to handle, talk about, or deal with our emotions in a healthy way. And so that's the whole point of this teaching series is that we're looking at how our, our spiritual lives and our spiritual health are actually tied in with our with our emotions and with our emotional health, like these these things need to to work together. And so this week we're going to be looking at anger. I love how Proverbs twenty nine eleven puts it. Uh, it says the author says, "Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back." 
Uh, I even like how the NIV translation says it better. It says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm to the end. The idea of rage, right? The rage is, is a full vent. It's, it's, it's unbridled. It's, it's unchecked. It's uncontrolled anger. And that's where our anger can quickly go uh, if, we just, if we just let it rip. And so with us looking at um, the emotion of anger, I think it's, I think the, the best example we, we can see of how to handle our emotion of anger in a healthy way, in a godly way, is to look at the life of Jesus and, and how he actually handled it. Because the fact is, our anger doesn't have to turn to rage. It doesn't have to uh, turn even to sin in our life. Because when you look at, when you look at Jesus's life, he was, he was known as a, a loving, compassionate, and full of grace person, even though he got angry. Even though he got angry, he was not known as an angry person. Because I think sometimes we think about being angry or rageful and like that, that it's, that it's sin. Like the emotion, that, that emotion of anger is sin and it's not necessarily sin. Like it's God gave us the emotions that we have. He gave us the emotion of anger, but how we handle it is what's important because I think it can easily and quickly turn into a destructive, sinful pattern in our lives. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, this, says don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So, right, we, we can't let anger control us and we can't give Satan a foothold in that anger. The idea of a foothold, right? When you think of a door just being cracked open just a little bit, right? Just enough to put your foot in there. Like that's, that's what he's warning against. Like don't let Satan, don't give Satan even a little bit uh, into your life because he will turn that anger into rage and it will grow in your life. Don't let your sin, don't let your anger turn into sin. Don't give Satan a foothold. You see, when we hold on to our anger, when we don't deal with it in a healthy way, we are giving Satan that foothold. When we don't, when we're not able to, 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 to reel in our anger, um, it can easily turn into to sin. So the, the, the passage we're going to be looking at primarily today is in Matthew 21. Uh, so if you have your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first book of the New Testament, uh, go ahead and open up to Matthew 21, because this is a time in the Bible where a loving Jesus got really, really angry. So I want to give you some context to, of what's happening <clears throat> right now. Uh, Jesus is entering Jerusalem. Okay, this is the week before he's crucified. So this is about five days before he is he's crucified, and it, and it's Passover in Jerusalem. So at this time, the the population of of Jerusalem, most historians would say, uh, had had gone up to about a quarter of a million people. Uh, normally, there was about forty thousand people in Jerusalem, but during Passover, people came from all over the Roman Empire uh, to celebrate Passover. Uh, and so, so the first order of business that, that Jesus does when he comes into Jerusalem, and maybe you remember this story, is he, the first thing he does is he heads to the temple. Because what he saw happening in the temple 
uh, made him very, very angry because he saw he saw greed happening, he saw abuse happening, he saw hypocrisy happening, and he saw the misuse of his father's house. And it, it made him angry, and it also broke his heart. So Jesus did something out of, out of the ordinary uh, in, this, in this passage. I'm going to start reading in verse number 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all of the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Verse number 14, it says, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Now I know that that, that that last verse kind of seems like it's out of context. It doesn't kind of really make sense with his, his anger in the temple, but we're going to come back to that in just a minute because it actually does make a lot of sense. You see, Jesus was not characterized as an angry person, right? He wasn't. That's what I said earlier. When you think about Jesus, uh, you don't think about anger. You think about how he, how much love he had for other people. And so I think it's important for us to kind of note that you can get angry and not be an angry person. And so there's a couple lessons that I want to share with everybody today with you about how we, how we can learn from Jesus to, to be angry in a way that actually honors God. Because we can use this emotion of anger that God has given us for good. Uh, we, we can. Um, notice that Jesus wasn't angry about what others did to him. He wasn't angry about what others did to him. The first lesson is this, that Jesus was angry on behalf of others. Jesus was angry on behalf of others. So question for you, um, do you think Jesus was ever betrayed? Like, was, was Jesus ever betrayed? Was he ever criticized? Was he ever hated on? Was he ever unjustly persecuted? The answer is a resounding yes. Like you look at the gospels and Jesus was, was mistreated. Mis, he, was, he was criticized. He was hated on by other people. But he never got angry when somebody criticized him. Like look through the gospels. He didn't get angry when people criticized him. He didn't get angry when someone disagreed with what he said. Like you don't see him flipping flipping his lid and getting all, all crazy, all ragey uh, on someone that disagreed with him or had different views of him or had different beliefs as him, right? He didn't get angry when somebody posted something online that he didn't like, right? <laughs> he didn't get angry uh, with a political party. Uh, he got angry when others were hurting. That's what Jesus did. Jesus got angry when others were hurting. So what makes you angry? What makes you angry? What makes you critical of others? Or what makes you rage or, 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 or hateful? You see, it's, I think it's natural to get angry when someone hurts us. Like it, that's a natural response. It's a natural feeling to get angry when someone hurts us. It really is. But as followers of Jesus, I believe that we're called to the unnatural. We're called to the unnatural. We're called to forgive. We're called to, to bless those that hurt us. 
right? We're, we're to be unnatural. We're to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Now, if you don't know all the details of, of why, what the money changers were doing and the people selling the doves made Jesus so angry, I'll give you a little backstory on that. Because of all the influx of people coming into Jerusalem, the money changers and the people selling the doves looked at this as an opportunity to make a buttload of money. Okay, because basically they had a limited supply of doves and people coming from other parts of the Roman Empire had to exchange their money from whatever Roman currency they were using to a shekel, which is what, the, um, what was required for the temple. And unfortunately, <clears throat> the people that had been traveling or the people that were poor or the people that uh, were, were sick could not afford the upcharge that they were selling uh, for those doves. Uh, basically, the exchange rate, they would, they, would, they would skyrocket the exchange rate because they were taking advantage of the people that didn't know what the exchange rate was. And that's actually what made Jesus angry. I don't know. Maybe you've been to a Red Sox game. Maybe you haven't, right? <laughs> but, or, or, or a concert or some type, of, some type of event like that. And when you, when you go to a Red Sox game, right, uh, and it, maybe you have kids with you or you start to get hungry, right? About sixth inning, seventh inning, like you're, you're ready for some food. Um, if you've never been to a game or a concert, you're in for a treat because the, the bottle of water and the hot dog that you want to buy your son that you think should probably cost about $3, right? That's a, that's a fair price for a hot dog and a bottle of water that cost about 30 cents or 40 cents. Uh, you get very surprised when the cost of that is actually $29, right? <laughs> and that's, that's a deal, right? You got two waters and two hot dogs for $29. I mean, if you, get, if you throw some peanuts on there, man, that's the price of your ticket that you got, got into the game for. And that's exactly what these money changers were doing. They were jacking up the price because they knew they had, they had what everybody needed. Uh, and that's what made Jesus mad. So question for you, what makes you angrier? When you're mistreated or when someone else is mistreated, right? Jesus was angry on behalf of others. And that leads me to the next lesson about Jesus is that Jesus flipped tables, not people. Jesus flipped tables, not people. You see, Jesus didn't come into that temple and start giving everybody the bird. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't beep his horn at everybody because they didn't, they didn't start going as soon as the light turned green. He didn't start punching windows and getting all road ragey on them. No, I read, a, I read a commentary this last week. It said, when Jesus flipped over these tables of the money changers, it says the tables represented the system of hypocrisy and flipping the tables disrupted the system that brought about the injustice. You see, Jesus was angry at what this was doing to the people all around them that couldn't, could then not come to the temple to worship. So when we're passionate about something, it doesn't always mean that we're right. Hey, we can be passionate about something and not always be right. I know, man, when it's, when it's election season or even during the pandemic, man, I, I believe that, that that just brought out the worst in so many people, right? Everybody thought that they were right. And what it did was it caused this crazy divide, even among Christians, 
right? It brought this, it brought this anger and it brought this divide about when it first happened, you know, like, do we, do we meet at home or, or do we meet in the church, right? Like we should keep everybody safe. Let's stay at home. We'll just do it online. No, we should, we should be meeting in church. We can't let the government tell us what to do. We have the right to meet. And, and it caused all this, all this anger. And then, and then, you know, the, the mask and the no mask side, uh, and then you've got the the vaccine, right? You've got the we should we should vax everybody, including our cats and dogs. And then you've got this way over here on this side. You've got you've got the idea that that nobody should be vaccinated at all because if you get vaccinated, then they're going to want to put a chip in your wrist. And and then oh man, like it's it's end times, right? And and and, and I think in our effort during that season, and I, I think honestly even today politically. In our effort to be right, I think we've forgotten to be loving. I'm going to say that again. I think in our effort to be right as followers of Jesus, we forgot to be loving. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, three things will last forever. What are they? Faith, hope, and being right all the time. <laughs> no. What is it? It's faith, hope, and love, right? And he says, and the greatest of these is love. So our goal as followers of Christ is not to be right. It's to be loving. So how can we be righteously angry? Man, we can't take it personally. We can't take things personally. We, we need to be angry on behalf of others. And we, we need to remember, man, that we can't flip we, Jesus flipped tables, not people, and we need to do the exact same thing. We need to do the exact same thing. And that leads me to the third lesson is that Jesus healed those that were hurting. When Jesus got angry, instead of getting even, he started healing those that were, here, were, were hurting. So if you go back to the story, remember, who couldn't get into the temple to worship? It was, it was the sick, it was the poor, it was the hurting, like they couldn't afford to get to temple because of those money changers, because of the people selling those doves for such a high price. And right in the middle of his righteous anger wasn't just about flipping tables. It wasn't a flipping tables moment, but a people helping moment. I love that. Like I love how Jesus had a righteous anger and he didn't just end it like that. What he did as a result of that righteous anger was actually help those that were being affected by the injustice. And I absolutely love that. Verse 14, it says, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. You see, you never see Jesus yelling in his righteous anger. You never see him getting rageful and, and cursing out people in his righteous anger. You see him help or you see him heal when he gets angry. Look it up. That is Jesus's response. And honestly, that's what our response should do, should be as well. All right, so imagine, imagine the story is, is playing out today and somebody takes a video of what's happening and, and you've got some, you know, some people that are concerned, right? Like these, these greedy people, um, these greedy people are are preventing these people from worshiping God, and and they post it all over social media, and word gets out, and, and everybody's you know everybody decides like, hey, we need to cancel these guys, right? Like they're they're preventing people from worshiping God. Um, 
maybe there's somebody that doesn't know what the cancel culture is. So for the one person watching this, uh, that's when somebody says something or does something that that goes against popular view. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe they just cherry picked some statement. Maybe they were just ignorant and said something stupid. Basically, the idea behind that is if that gets recorded and that gets shared online, it doesn't matter what they've done the last 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, they just start hating on that person. Um, they, they'll lose contracts. They'll lose agreements. They'll get fired. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Doesn't matter what happened. And think about Think about Jesus, right? Think about the people that hurt him. People, think about the people that mistreated Jesus, right? There's tons of people when you look at scripture. You got the Pharisees. Um, you've got you got Pontius Pilate. You've got Herod, right? You've got Judas who betrayed him. You've got Peter who denied him, right? Like Jesus was was wronged. He was hurt. He was betrayed. He was lied about. He was misjudged. But did Jesus try to cancel all the people that wronged him? Like, did Jesus get up on 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 Sabbath and and at temple and and start blasting all the people that had wronged him so that they would be shunned? He did not. I read this quote this last this last week that said, "I am thankful for a God that canceled my sin, but didn't cancel me. I'm thankful for a God that canceled my sin, but didn't." cancel me. You see, God forgave me and he continues to forgive me. He doesn't try to cancel me. He doesn't give up on me. He poured out his righteous anger, not on me, but on his son to pay for my sins so that I could be free from the punishment of my sins. Paul said in Colossians 2, 13, he said, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. Verse 14, he says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. You see, what made Jesus angry? It was anything that separated people from the love of his Father. That's what made Jesus angry. So when you get angry, don't sin. Like, I think we need to learn how to have a righteous anger in our lives. You see, he didn't get angry on, on behalf of himself, but on behalf of others. You see, the goal, the goal is, man, it's not to be right as a Christian. It's not to prove everybody else wrong from your biblical knowledge, from your perspective. That is not the goal. The goal is to be loving, the goal is to have a righteous anger about the injustices around us. The goal, yes, you can. it's natural to get angry when you're mistreated, but man, God has called us to the unnatural. So in closing, man, we, we, can't, we can't solve all the wrongs in the world. We can't, right? We, we can't solve everything. When you look at the world around us, it's, it's broken. It's damaged. It's not the way God intended. But what we can do is we can fight for a few of those. As a follower of Jesus, right? I mean, I'm thankful that there are people around the world that are fighting against human trafficking. There are organizations like one of our Hope Project partners. That's what they do, Amira, right? There are people that are fighting against mental illness, that are fighting against addiction. Like, 
like our partners in, in Brockton, Teen and Adult Challenge, that are fighting for the unborn, that are fighting against racism. You see, God gives different people specific callings. And that's, that's a great thing. Like, it's a great, great thing because we live in a very angry and divided country. But I think we need to be a united church. We need to be united as followers of Jesus. We need to be known for love and have a righteous anger towards the injustices around us. I think sometimes we need to be reminded, man, our, our battle is not against people. It's not. It's not against flesh and blood, right? Ephesians 6.12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see, I think we need to shift our anger, not at people, but at the enemy, because that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to divide. He wants to destroy. Like that is his mission. And we can't allow Satan a foothold in our lives because above all else, we are united on a mission to lead people to know and to follow Jesus. Like that is our greatest calling. Our greatest calling is not to be right, is not to prove other people wrong, um, and is not to, to get even with other people. Um, it's to help people know and to follow Jesus. Our anger needs to be used to bring hope, to bring healing to the people around us. And that's how we can get angry without sin. So ask yourself a couple questions. What, what makes you angrier? When you get offended, when people hurt you, or when, when hurting people around you get hurt? Like what, like what makes you more angry? I think we need to remember, right? The goal is not to be right. Jesus forgave us. We need to be able to forgive others. Like God has called us to the unnatural. So what is that injustice that makes you angry? Like have some holy anger, like steer that emotion of anger in a righteous way like Jesus. Because remember, our enemy is not people. It's not people. Help us to protect ourselves from sinning in our anger. God, help us to be known for our love and not our anger. Jesus got angry. Jesus got angry and that's okay. Like you can get angry. Just don't allow that anger to turn into sin. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would protect us from sinning in our anger. God, when we, when we feel like the need to be, to right the wrongs that have happened against us, God, help us to remember that Jesus didn't do that. God, Jesus didn't get angry um, at those people. He didn't get even with those people. What he did was he healed and he helped. He got angry at the, at the misuse of other people, not at what was being done to him. And God, I pray that that would be our heart. God, that our, our anger wouldn't be focused on, on us but God, it would be focused on, on helping others. God, that, that when we do get hurt, God, there are going to be times in our life where we get hurt. And there are going to be times in our life when we get angry and we want to get even and when we, we want to have revenge. 
But God, I pray that you would give us the strength to do what comes natural. I, I pray that you would help us to be unnatural. God, I pray that you would help us to forgive like you forgave us. And maybe you're watching this today and you honestly don't know where you stand with God. Like you know you have sin in your life, but I want you to know today that there is a God that cancels your sin, but doesn't cancel you. And that should be good news. You see, Jesus sent his son who had no sin to die on a cross for your sins. He forgives you if you're willing to put your trust and your hope in him. If you're willing to let go of that anger, to let go of that hurt and say, God, I need you to take it away. God, I need you to forgive me of the anger, of the sin that I've committed against you and against other people. God, I'm gonna get out of the driver's seat and into the passenger seat. God, I'm gonna give you control in my life. God, I believe, maybe your prayer can be this. God, I believe that you died on the cross and rose again as a payment for my sins. Jesus, I, I believe that. And God, I'm repenting. I'm repenting of my sins. That means that I'm turning away. I'm doing a 180. I was going one way and now I'm gonna go the other way. God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live my life for you. So God, I'm gonna turn from my sins and I'm gonna follow you. God, I am, I'm all yours. Maybe that can be your prayer. God, forgive me and save me. God, thank you for your love. God, thank you for, for not canceling us. God, for not giving up on us. And I pray that you would help us to handle this emotion of anger uh, in a way that honors you, God, that we would not allow it to turn into uncontrolled anger or rage, but God, we remember and we would learn the lessons from you and how you handled it. And God, that that would be the way that we handle it going forward. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.